This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lil Tullis, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The Opus, an exploration of legendary records and their ongoing legacy. Not just the history, but how this music continues to evolve, shaping lives, shaking rafters, and ingraining itself into our culture. We're opening the vault on a recent classic records re-release, delving into its inner workings and lasting impact. Maybe you're a longtime fan who wants to go deeper. Maybe you're a first-time listener and you're curious to hear more. Either way, you're in the right place. Find us at Consequence of Sound, iTunes, or wherever you tune into podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sounds, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, hey, take a second before we get started to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. You can get this on Spotify, on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all of the interviews that we put out every single week. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is David Gray. He's back with another record called Gold in a Brass Age. And this time around, he's trying some new things, getting away from uh, regular storytelling and narrative, though we're going to get some themes about nature, slowing down. Of course, this comes on his 50th birthday, so maybe it is time for a little reflection, but also renewal and changing his perspective, taking a a little bit of uh, influence from Steve Reich. And with a sharp eye of what's happening with the environment right now. We'll also turn back those clocks to 1998. That was the first time he released his breakthrough album, White Ladder, that would go on to be released in 99 and 2000 as well. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that, especially what that album means now and how it's going to sound on this upcoming tour. Talking about the record Gold in a Brass Age, it's Kyle Meredith with David Gray. 
Hey, Kyle. Congratulations on uh, Gold in a Brass Age. Thanks very much. We're such big fans here in Louisville. I know you've been to the station a few times, but uh, it's exciting any time to hear new music from you, and, and, and such a really interesting and beautiful record you've put out once again. Thanks, man. I think I read somewhere that you, you were talking about one of the things you wanted to challenge yourself with this album this time around was to getting away from, from narrative. And if that's right, I was, I was kind of curious what exactly that means to you. Yeah, as in just like storytelling songs. So, you know, where the inclination is to t- try and tell a story directly. So uh, I, I guess what I'm looking for is a more abstract path towards the things I'm trying to say that aren't just quite as obvious as songs that build through narrative structure to a sort of chorus where everything sort of focuses. So I'm I'm trying to take a different route just because it's become too predictable just going hard at the song. I'm looking for other ways to crack the thing open. So so what did you find out? Because you still do end up telling stories sometimes in, in, you know, broad strokes on this record, but uh, but, but they they still find their way out. Of course, because I think this is what you discover when you change your processes. The story tells itself anyway. So even just by juxtaposing one idea next to another, it begins to tell a story. You put two, two things together and they interact and the story it begins in the imagination when you imagine two images or two ideas set next to each other they, they start to try and tell a tale and for each person that will be different how hard was that for you because i mean breaking something that you've done in in a certain way more or less for you know 25 years i mean what was the process to actually get to that point I think it's taken a while. It's not just happened overnight. I didn't just wake up on this record. It's, it's a process that's been in evidence. I've been dismantling my songwriting for, for many years, you know, stretching right back to sort of life in slow motion, really. I think that there was a sort of, I was looking for other ways. So it, it's, it's been a slow unraveling and observing the way other people's words or music work and just how little you need and how much, the music itself, the flavor of the music, the sound of the music, the sounds you're using, and the way the chords were, the way that that tells a story or creates an atmosphere. It almost creates the landscape and then the words are just the character that walks into it. So there's already a story being told. But this is something I've been working on over many records. It's just, I think some of the breakthroughs I had, maybe on Mutineers and with other songs I've written in the last five, six, seven years, have just encouraged me further on that path. It's almost like abstraction over figurative painting. It's almost like moving away from direct sort of figurative work into something that's more abstract and allows the brain to sort of, you know, ruminate on the imagery and and come up with its own ideas. So it it, it didn't just happen overnight. It happened slowly. I'm really glad you brought up life in slow motion because I feel like uh, at least just those words, it sort of plays into what some of those stories that you're telling on this record because it, it, it does uh, seem to be about slowing down in, in, you know, which, I don't know, that's something we always hear about, but we rarely do it, and if we do, it's to tune out completely. Time is a big sort of recurring, recurring motif, and obviously time is passing, all the, you know, I'm getting older, I'm seeing the world from a slightly different point of view, so it, I guess that's, that's something that, that recurs throughout the record. You know, the, the, the first track, Sapling, starts with a sort of time-lapse kind of idea of slowing down and watching speeded-up image of an acorn falling, a drop of life falling and taking root in the earth. And then you almost watch as the concentric circles emerge like ripples from the tiny seed and the, and the plant grows. So there's a sense of, of, of watching time itself 
And and that obviously comes through in a few of the different songs. It's definitely a song about this stage of my life. I mean, it it should be noted, uh, maybe in a trivial way, sort of, but this also, you know, arrives, uh, you turn 50 this year. I mean, that's got to mean something towards what you're talking about. Yeah, the thing is, I just look, I just, I look absolutely gorgeous. I look better now than I ever. (laughs) That's absolutely true. (laughs) That's that's what's weird about it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know it's um, because I, I, you, what you're talking about also, uh, I feel like there there is a, a line that's drawn into some stuff that's happening because there's a sense of this record about getting away from the noise and 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 heading out into the nature. You know, just to use that in a somewhat generic term there, but but you know, for such a fan of nature as as you come across, because you know the way you talk about even just walking around the block takes on a poetic cadence sometimes in, in what you're seeing and what. What an interesting time for this record to come out when we're hearing all of these reports about the these environmental reports and the catastrophes that's happening. I, I don't know. Has that have have you noticed the connection there? Uh, well, I think Jesus, that 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 stuff. It's, it's how it gets gripped by the mainstream media. These reports have been coming out for decades. I mean, you know, it's 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 deeply disturbing our capacity to ignore what's so obvious. So yeah, I'm 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 dialed into all that stuff. And always have been. But walking out into the wild is my ultimate way of release, really, from just being a person in in a modern social pressurized capacity. It just allows you to sort of open up your senses and 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 think in a broader way, not not just narrow, agitated, focused thoughts. To wonder, to dream, and to absorb the detail of seasons changing, of time passing, of flowers opening and closing, and the changes of grass blowing in the wind, whatever it is, I, I like to get out into that stuff and 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 try and place myself in a different context and loose off some of the human sort of accretions that have basically sort of covered my eyes. And, and just to see and just be—that's that's my way of, of 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 recharging myself. And only really in the last five or six years have I started to realise how essential it is that I manage to do that at least a few times a year, like properly get out and walk for a good few days, you know, and just get in rhythm with something that isn't business or work or the news. So you know, yeah, these are these are disturbing times. I think for the. The era of politics we're in just sharpens everyone's sense of desperation. It's a strange time. We're all being eaten by our own uh, political demons on both sides of the Atlantic. A sort of, uh, it's, very, it's very key to see how people are shrinking their ideas in response to something that's obviously international, it's worldwide, and everyone's just shrinking back into America first or UK first or Scotland first or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Everyone just goes the other way, not, not towards opening their arms to something broader uh, in, 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 their, in their anxiety they seem to shrink backwards into what was before what they perceived was the past the strength of the past it's all total nonsense and it never existed uh, so so all that is a part of, of, of the context of this record for sure and, and still it comes across so beautiful even with all of that darkness right there you know it's it's a great trick Thank, thanks very much I mean I, I, I had such a joyous experience in making this record it was such a wildly creative um, open-hearted experience I, I, I've rarely enjoyed 
a making process as, as, as much as I did. Uh, and is that because you need the songs more than you've ever needed them? I, I just don't know. But uh, it, I, I enjoyed making this record and working with Ben DeVries, who's the level of detail that we got into. The record was made very fast in, in terms of the writing and the sort of gist of each song. And then we spent an awful long time refining our ideas and challenging the sort of sonic aspects of it. So there's, there's just layers of detail uh, it's it's something that yeah I, I've 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 had so much fun making it I I can't wait to play it it's going to be a, a different type of performance that we we when we try and enact this music live it's got to ref, it's got to reflect the way it was made it was a studio record so um, it's an exciting time uh, to be out there with this music now did I read somewhere that it was a uh, you know musically it was a bit uh, Steve Reich influenced. Not Steve Reich influence. There's there's a couple of Steve Reich sort of quotes, if you like. Okay. In, even on the ti- title track, there's a, a big sort of trem chord that kind of comes in in the chorus, and wah, bah, 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 which is a bit like the trem that he uses in music for 18 musicians. He uses it in lots of his pieces of work. I love Steve Reich. Uh, I, I, I do. And, um, I, I listen to quite a lot of music that to, to get away from things, music without words or without sort of obvious structure. And really that sort of returns to the first question you asked about challenging my own structure, the way that I work a song together, put a song together. And uh, maybe the, what I've been listening to as well as the way I've been thinking has obviously influenced that. So I wouldn't say it's Steve Reich influence. That would be ridiculous. But I, I, I do admire him. And when I went to see his 80th birthday concert at the Barbican in London, they, they had Pat Metheny and they played the full 13 guitarists played electric counterpoint. I don't know if you know that piece of music, but that was absolutely amazing. Absolutely blew me away. It's the sort of highlight of the last few years of concert going for me. And, and it is. It's, it's, it's healthy to get away from a chorus every now and then just to hear something, you know, that you can't exactly sing along to. Yeah, I, I, I find it expands my, it, it works on my attention more like a journey. It's more like looking out of a train window, listening to a piece of, of Steve Rice, you know, watching something going by. Uh, you know, rather than stepping out to touch it. And then suddenly, like any journey, you turn a corner and the whole landscape or the picture in front of you changes dramatically. And there are these moments of sort of crystallization and revelation that you get in these these kind of pieces of music that I that I do love. It's, it's something that I can relate to. Uh, I hope you don't mind me uh, kind of bouncing back in time for just a second, because I noticed that this year it's also... Sort of the 20th anniversary of White Ladder, and and I that's that's the record that sort of also has an anniversary for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's what. Well, that's what I was wondering. Is like you know, for for you, is this the 20th anniversary, or and and do you do you go back and celebrate records in the way that some artists do by kind of putting that spotlight on them for a special event? I think um, the, the, the the official release in Ireland, which happened ahead of the UK and even further ahead of the US release, was the 27th of November, 1998. So it was officially a couple of weeks ago, the, the 20th anniversary of its release, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, it was a fairy tale. You know, it was a remarkable record that touched so many people and that was such uh, a crazy journey for us all. We had a wonderful time. After years in the wilderness, uh, all of us, you know, um, had had the most crazy, crazy time uh, on that roller coaster ride of, of White Ladder, which went all the way to the top, really. So I, I think I've, I'm back in touch with with Clune these days, and the drummer in White Ladder, and co-writer of some of the key songs, and. 
I think it would be rude not to do something to mark the 20th anniversary, but it's a kind of movable feast. I think when the song really became international, when the album really became an international hit, was probably the year 2000. So I think it's probably sensible if we're going to do something to try and do something then. It's you know when I read about it, and of course I'm, I, I try to make that connections of of. of then to now and i i thought you know here's an album that you know recorded in a little bedroom that's looks like it's not so dissimilar to you know to gold in a brass age in that way you know a studio record that was recorded in a little room i do love the intimacy of home recording i like this i love the directness of it it's like it's so fast and so yeah so so instinctive and so unguarded and i think for, for my music personally i respond to that atmosphere when i'm making I, I i like to be in the sort of personal space so at the moment i'm working down in my basement it's a bit compared to what we did with white ladder what i've got at the moment is a is an incredible studio in in comparison you know i've got a live room with drums set up and a piano set up acoustic guitar and a vocal booth um, I've got a control room, nice speakers, a few nice bits of kit, some lovely mic. You know, with White Ladder, we had next to nothing. We made, we made it with virtually nothing. Um, so, but the limited palette aspect of it was was obviously a key part to it. We had to use our creative powers to 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 to, to make sound and to sculpt something with the little that we had. And in the end, that was a key part of that record. So this Golden Brass Age is similar. In you're right to draw a connection. Between the two, I feel that they are related, and um, the, the electronic elements of them, but more than that, the atmosphere or the heart or the playfulness of them, the fact that they're definitely, it's not music that could have existed before this time, it's music of now. You know, you probably, you know, that, that, I know that's a record you, you probably don't ever get to escape. And, and when you're talking about what you're going to do live with these songs and the, and the way you're trying to design, you know, the live show, I wonder because of that, you know, the, the weight and the history of those songs, does that allow the songs to grow in the same way as some of the others through the years? Or, or do you feel like they're kind of tethered to a certain nostalgia? I, I have evolved the songs and I have, you know, changed their shape, changed the way I've played them uh, in many, many ways. You know, some of them, like Please Forgive Me, but even Please Forgive Me, I've been playing that as a solo song on my Best Of tour. And it becomes a very sort of sparse, intense, kind of poetic, slow song because it's the drums that are going, you know, in full time and the, the, the chords are actually in half time. So I've looked at ways, slowed down, sail away, slowed down Babylon, tried to get the feeling out of them. I think repeating songs just, you know, the, the way that they always were. It, I find it's impossible to maintain an emotional connection with the song. And that's the most important thing. I think we're coming up to the 20th anniversary. I've got all this electronic gear involved with the live set. I'm going I'm to sort of, I'm going to go back into the archive and take some of the actual sounds from those old songs and start using them, I think, in the next couple of years. So that's, they're going to be going back more to what they were on the, the White Ladder record in some ways. So, uh, but yeah, that, that I have to try and stretch things out and change things. Some songs it's easy, other songs like This Year's Love or Please Forgive Me, it's harder. They just seem to be what they are. But they're so, I, I don't know, whatever happened with those songs, they're so sort of perfectly constructed in some way that, that, that they sort of just perform themselves and have a massive reaction each time that they, they, they're, they're played. So it's not like autopilot. It's, it's still an intense thing, putting them across, but there doesn't seem to be an easy way to reinvent some of them. Well, I can't wait to hear how they sound on this tour, especially next to these new songs, because it feels like to me that it's going to sound pretty seamless. But um, 
But and I'll mention too. Uh, I believe you're coming here to Louisville in uh, in June. You're going to be back into town, so we'll be looking forward to that as well. Yeah, well, I I I, I like your town. I, you know, with the mighty river flowing by, <laughs> and uh, and all the, the the history you've got there. I've had a few good wonders wanders around. So uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to coming back, and um, yeah, it, it it should be fun. I mean, I've, I'm very excited about what is this. It, each new album is an exciting thing. You try and take it out there. It's like beginning again, you know, at least for a while uh, until the road starts really, you know, battering you. Uh, for the first month or two, it's it's a completely new experience, and, and so it will be with this with this album. I think in recent years, when I've been coming through America on tour, it was it's generally been the first tour I've done, and America sort of had the first bite of the cherry. This time round, the U.S. tour will be in the wake of UK, Ireland, Australia, and Europe. So we'll be well honed by the time we get there. And also people have had a chance to live with the, the music. So I, th- I feel like there's going to be a real connection. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, I, I think it's going to be special. Uh, so do I. I can't wait to, to hear the songs again in that live setting. Uh, David, uh, congratulations again, Gold in the Brass Age. It's another beautiful record. Thanks so much, man. All right. It was a pleasure talking to you. Take care out there. Okay. Bye-bye. My thanks to David Gray for the call today. Uh, Again, the latest record is called Gold in a Brass Age. And hey, if you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now, whether that's on YouTube, on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, hit the subscribe button. Then head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That's it for this round. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.